Welcome to the Deep Voice Podcast, where NFL Hall of Famer Warren Sapp and media personality Dan Levy use their deep voices and uncensored personalities to dig deep into the world of sports and entertainment. So buckle up and get ready for a wild ride on the Deep Voice Podcast. Welcome to the Deep Voice Podcast. What's up? I'm Dan Levy. My partner is a Hall of Famer, Super Bowl champ, and just a dream of a guy. Ladies and gentlemen, Warren Sapp. What up, Warren? I'm a little afraid of that, Dan. A dream of a guy. You, you got to stop that. Wake up from the nightmare, damn it. This you, is the QB killer. You got to You got to understand. You got to understand. I'm a radio veteran of 20 years doing all kinds of things to my body. I love a guy like you. You're my dream. <laughs> yeah, I, I got that part, but it just, I, it just didn't sound right. You know what I'm saying? Either we way. Like we the midnight goddamn uh, celebrity uh you know, playing the late music for the ladies and sit on the sex line with the deep voices. And now you want to come over and tell me how, how lovable I am. What the hell is going on around here? Let me, we could, we could ask Peyton Manning right now if he's had dreams about you. And we can say, yes, yes, he does. No, no I only got him one time in the Pro Bowl. And Steve Wisniewski was more pissed than Peyton was, I think. <laughs> but that one time, I'm sure he closes his eyes and sees that. No, the, the only guy I ever known, because I messed around one time and started uh, dating a cheerleader one time, that uh, Tim Couch had uh, nightmares about me. <laughs> I bet. His ex fiance said it, and I, and I remember that game. Yeah, he deserved some nightmares from that because he threw the ball and hit me in my face, and I was pissed. Oh, damn. I. I hunted him like a damn Axis deer on a cold November morning in Florida. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that is a description. I, I picture that perfectly. All right, so we start. You got to understand. You got to understand what it is to hunt an Axis deer on the first cold morning in November in Florida. You got to wake up about four thirty in the morning, and the lady already got sausages and biscuits ready for you, brother. Damn. And a side of. And a side of bacon, and you know me, I'm a little greedy, so I like a bacon, egg, and cheese. So she hooked me up with that one too, a sandwich on my way out the door. Because I, I might be sitting a while, you know what I'm saying? I might be sitting a while. So you take what well, you take a roadie with you, baby. That's what we call it in the <laughs> game, a roadie. And while we wait, you know we hydrate. So always something to drink, something to eat, getting the shoot in the house, ready to work. So it's gonna be an all day affair. So that's what I'm telling you. So I heard it, tip couch. Ooh, woo. I bought my lunch pail hat the whole damn nine yards. I tore his ass up that Sunday afternoon. Have Ooh. you have you ever had a have you ever had any players after the game come up to you and be like, yo, that wasn't cool and try to fight with you, or they just leave it there? <laughs> I had a coach one time walk up to me and I think we all saw what happened with that one. So <laughs> it's, That's not, right. it's, not, it's not advisable to walk up on a crazy man after he's trying to calm down and then rev him back up. It, uh, the game's over, it's decided. So ain't nothing else we can do about it. So let's shake hands and say, you know, how's the wife and kids, you know? <laughs> what what happened at the end of that? I remember that. What happened at the end of that? Well, I don't think I've ever told it, but he called me a cheap shot motherfucker or something like that. I, and I turned back and said, what you say? And I was young and almost too dumb not to know, not to punch him in the mouth. But I, but I looked up and saw my little girl standing over the thing looking at me like, Daddy, what are you doing? <laughs> which which, co- which coach was that? I forgot who the coach was. I remember the story, but Mike who was the coach? Mike Sherman. Mike Sherman. Mike Sherman, he called you a cheap shot artist. That's right. Yeah. Wow. And so you just looked at him and yeah. you just say, I got to go or what? Oh, how did it end? Oh, oh, no. I went and squared him up and I was going to punch him in the mouth and he cowed it away from me twice. I said, what you want to do? <laughs> I 
and he he didn't want to do nothing. And I and I, when I went at him one more time, and and the strength coach got in the way. I told him, let's get the fuck out the way. I said, if you touch me, I'm gonna knock you the fuck out too. <laughs> so <laughs> so so he looked at me and he saw it in my eyes and he was like, oh shit. So he didn't want none of it. And then I went to coach and I said, what you want to do? And he and he cowed it away again. I said, oh no. And I and I turned over my shoulder and I because Zach was like Warren, please. Zach Bono, my old PR director, you know he's he's holding he's basically like uh, Zach Gundy dragging on uh, Pat Ewan that time they had that fight with the Knicks and remember the Knicks and the Alonzo Martin, yes, yes. Yeah, so Alonzo, yeah, they're just hanging on. But he was actually on my team. I didn't have the other the guys PR guy on me. I had my own guy on me. Like Warren, please. And I looked back at Zach. And Zach had this look in his face like, my God, Jesus, please stop. And I and I almost laughed at him. And, I, and some say, look at the baby. And I looked up and she's, and my little girl was about four. Man. Four then. And she's, she, and when she got to the stadium, she stood there and watched me play. And you just slid a juice can in, underneath her arms in between her hands. And she sucked juice and watched me play the whole game. So I look up and I saw her. And she looking at me like, Daddy, what are you doing? And it, it clicked to me right then. I can't punch this man in the face. I'm going to jail tonight. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so that's so that's what I tell. So that's what I started. To, you so tough, put a jersey on. Come out here and get your ass whooped, cause I can't whoop your ass right now. That's what I really wanted to say to her. Put a jersey on so you get your ass whooped, cause right now you out here punk faking and knowing I can't whoop your ass right now talking about calling somebody a cheap shot motherfucker so I was really really pissed but I let it go I had to let it go cause my, my little, <laughs> I wouldn't have been able to drive the babies home that night and that would have been not cute they God. explain daddy go to jail <laughs> God bless the kids Marty Marr love the kids I get it God bless them man Listen, that's why I have a, a, a inkling that Odell Beckham is going to be something greater than we've ever seen on a football field when he gets back on it. You know what? Tell me about OBJ because that's actually something I was going to link up with you because he's signing with the Ravens and then all of a sudden Lamar Jackson is partnering up with them like they're teammates. But Lamar Jackson wants to get traded. What is that? You heard about Lamar Jackson demanding the trade, what, a month late? Yeah. Me too. So how the hell did that happen? That's what That's I was going to ask know. you. What is that all about? That, the Baltimore Ravens trying to control the narrative. Gotcha. And then we're sitting here looking at the guy that fumbled away the Super Bowl because last time I checked, was that a three-point game? That was a three-point game, but he fumbled that like he did it on purpose. I, I, listen, I tell my quarterbacks all the time, if you get a bad snap at you, please get on it. Do not turn a bad play into a disaster. Especially a costly Super Bowl victory disaster. Let's not even talk about the eight hundred thousand field that the eight hundred thousand dollar field that had everybody slipping on it. Let's not talk about that. But this is the greatest stage we know. You you, you did what basically Cam Newton did without jumping on the ball. Jeez. Well, speaking of Jalen Hurts, five years, two hundred and fifty-five million dollar extension, one hundred and seventy-nine of that guaranteed. Wait a minute. Was that fifty-one a year? Something it rounds out to be that, and the first no trade clause in Eagles history. I I don't see that that guy being healthy for that that contract. You don't see Jalen Hurts being healthy for five years. I he he's always getting injured. I don't see him. I I, I, I see that being an injury. Wait wait wait. I mean, wait, wait, wait. What year is this for him? This is a year two. How many games does he miss? 
Not many. Not many. Wait, what, what, where'd you get this? He's always hurt from. Well, this is something you heard. No, this no, just, it just it just appears that he's what. Huh? One of those, he's, he's a, a mobile quarterback. Wait, 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 if you're going to be dumb, you got to be tough. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> and I, me and Brooks always looked at each other. I said, we got a dummy this week. He wants to run. <laughs> 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 when you're running this 11 on 11, we get to play like how we want to play. So please come on with it. The referee is not even thinking about protecting you at this point when you take off like that. Thank you. At this you just point. Took all the, you just took all the rails off your safety. Thank you. <laughs> at this point should should uh, Lamar Jackson try to sign with Jalen Hurts' uh, agent because he's got no agent and he's playing it really bad hey try Rosenhaus or somebody and tell him you're going to get 1% of uh, $200 million <laughs> who's not taking that honestly why is he why is he why is he playing this game and for the love of of everything, if I knew this, I would cure cancer and really <laughs> help the world. <laughs> this, ain't, this ain't worth a damn. If you're asking me, I, I mean, the first thing that the first thing that you get rid of in contract negotiations is emotions. True. So the last thing you would want to do is send somebody in that room that thinks that you're worth more than they are. <laughs> that is true. You don't, send your mother, you don't send your mother. You don't send your mother in to negotiate your money. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I, I'm not saying that it's wrong, but I wouldn't do it. I'm gonna no. say it that way. No, I wouldn't do it because because I remember when I had my contract negotiations. I was in year three. Yeah, year three. It was coming up on nine years. So it's ninety five, ninety six, ninety seven. Yeah, I was heading into year four of a four-year, $4.4 million deal with a $2.3 million signing bonus. And Stubberfield, uh, Johnny Randall, Eric Swan, and one more. Sean Gilbert was free agents at the same time I was. So Rosenhaus called to me, how do you want to handle this? I said, well, I'm the youngest and the most deadliest of this group. So let's see how they fall, and then we'll go behind them. And we got to be get paid the most because we're the youngest. Is that how this game is decided? <laughs> Who's the youngest and how many years you get out of him? So come down to it. Rosenhaus comes up to Tampa. I checked him into the house and I gave him the, the security code and I jumped in my car and went to Miami. He's like, where you going? I'm like, there's no fucking way in hell you're about to come home every night and tell me what the Tampa Bay Buccaneers think of me. Because they're going to fuck around and say something the wrong way and I would never play for the ass again. <laughs> That's the so, smartest I've I, ever heard. Dude, take your emotions the fuck out of it. I was trying to retire my mother for the rest of her life, and <laughs> this ain't nothing to get emotional about. This is something to be dollars and cents about. Gotcha. Stupid asses. That, come on, man. These people are about to say shit about you that your mama definitely don't want to hear. No. Come on. You don't even want to hear it because that's why they don't want to negotiate you with you like this. This is personal. This is about, man, three things you don't discuss in the locker room, Dan, in my 13 years. Wives, kids, and money. Really? You don't talk about kids? Interesting. 
No, 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 no. Like, like, how you raising your kids or something oh, like that? Oh, gotcha, like, gotcha. Break, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't bring another man's kids up any kind of way. You know what I'm saying? Gotcha. Yeah, he, he brings the kids up, and then you might have a small discussion. But wives, kids, and money? No. Because I, I, I don't want your wife. I got my own kids to raise. <laughs> <laughs> and that ain't my money to spend <laughs> or decide if I'm going to take it. So go ahead and enjoy yourself, brother. It's your decision to be made on that money. So that's how we handle it. That was our, that was our three things. And, you know, religion and everything else. Oh, yeah, all in, baby. Knee deep. <laughs> <laughs> so what happened with that? What happened at the end of that Drew Rosenhaus story? What was the Rosenhaus? Yeah, you, what happened at the end of that where you said he was, he was staying at your house? <laughs> 30, 36.05, the uh, largest contract, $21 million in the first three years. Awesome. Everybody based their contract off that one for a long time. Awesome. What, yeah, was yeah, the, yeah. what was the first thing you spent on that contract? Mom. You retired her. Nice. Yeah, mom. mom I think uh, it was, that's 98, so... No, she had the house and the car and everything. That's nothing. I went and bought an insurance annuity that I could live off of. <laughs> that's, that's what I did with that one. Smart. I started a program where you, had to, where you had to give up like a quarter of a million dollars every September for like seven years straight. So I'm like, yeah, I can do that. That is amazing. What's the dumbest thing you've ever purchased in your career? All the jewelry. Gotcha. No, but one thing in specific, and I don't know if the kids are still doing it now, but maybe they are. You remember every fucking NFL player you saw had one of those fucking NFL uh, logos around our necks? Yes. <laughs> That's the dumbest damn thing I've ever bought. <laughs> I might have worn it twice. And I thought about it. I'm like, the last thing I want to know is somebody to know that this is what I do for a living. How the hell am I wearing this around my damn neck? I was going to say, of- <laughs> isn't, that, isn't that advertising that you're a pro and somebody should mess with you? That would be bad. Oh no, we all wore it. It was like the the thing to get, and then we put diamonds in it, and we bring it out, and then we swing it around, and then you put your number on the football or the number instead of the football. You know what I'm saying? It was all ah man, geez, that that damn NFL logo <laughs> pendant necklace charm or whatever the hell you want to call it, unbelievable. Awesome. Awesome, awesome. All right, dog. Another question for another another headline for you. Carson Palmer Uh-oh. says Joe Burrow is the best QB in the league over Pat Mahomes. What did Car- what did Carson win? Where did he go? No, no. What did he what did he win? Ah, uh, apparently the love and affection for for, <laughs> for Joe Burrow. <laughs> My he, God, nothing, nothing. I know he went to the University of Spoiled Children, so. Carson, <laughs> 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 sit your ass down, man. I guess you didn't see the AFC Championship game or the Super Bowl where the man come out in the second half and had one incompletion because he threw it in the stands. Not one receiver that he uh, attempted to throw the ball at did he miss? Are you fucking kidding me? What, what, what does this man need to do? He has five straight AFC championship home games. How many did Carson Palmer go to again? Zero? Zero. That's a four-letter word. You ain't even got five letters in your zero, asshole. So shut the fuck up with your damn analysis of Joe Burrow. We all love Joe Burrow because Joe Burrow is the cool white dude that we all want to hang with. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. 
You ask any brother anywhere around the International Football League, Joe Burrow is the one white boy, that one white quarterback that has ass out swagger. <laughs> ass out swagger. You're like, are you kidding me, son? And, and, and you love him for it. I mean, absolutely love him for it because he delivers. He delivers. I mean, with, with that, <laughs> boy, I thought they made a mistake when they drafted the receiver, and not not the lineman. My mistake. Mike Brown, you got one right in 20 years. <laughs> well, speaking of not getting things right, it seems like the Texans Uh-oh. are the kings of not getting it right. They're going to hold on to the number two at 12 picks. And according to Adam Schefter, he's speculating that they may not even snag a QB at number two. <laughs> They're not going to take a QB? No. And uh, as far as I know, their quarterback right now is Davis Mills. Oh, who? Exactly. Number four? Exactly. <laughs> Not number four. <laughs> I, I, I see the, the digits on my hand right now. What do you make of this? Not snagging a QB at number two and probably one of the richest quarterback drafts in a long time. Uh, which one are they going to draft? Well, at number two, they can have a pick. They can, they can have they can have a pretty decent pick at it. So now, so now you get you get to make that pick because man, you just had a plethora of you know NFL drafts that had 14, 15 quarterbacks in them, and not one of them you would you want today. <laughs> this is true. But right now, again, the starting quarterback is Davis Mills, and yeah, uh-huh. I don't really know anything about him. But you already have two t- two top picks in the first round. Why not gamble on one of them? Ooh, gamble? That's what that's what we're doing with the number two pick. My God, I think I think I think every draft. I think every draft. Listen, you're a once in a generation player, so it's different. But I think every draft is a. And it was eleven people drafted before me. So what does that mean? What does that mean? There was ten. There was nine drafted before Pat Mahomes, right? That's because they tried to taint you before you went, and we know that. No, but I mean, there was twenty three drafted before Aaron Rodgers, the four time MVP, and you know, like that, and whatever else they say about him with his one championship, just like me. True, that is true. So that's what I. That's what I. I, I'm just looking at what has taken place in the last. You know, 10, 12 years that we, you know, we were looking at. And I think it's a gamble, crap, shoot, guess out your ass. Because that's what you're doing. You have no idea. True. Bryce Young is the best best quarterback in the draft. But you have to tell yourself, I'm going to do this. Because you you think of Cleveland and (laughs) what's the guy named? John Anderson that came from Bill Walsh's, you know, genius system, West Coast, and told us that. Baker Mayfield was going to be drafted in Cleveland and be a six-foot-tall beast at quarterback, right? True. You just got to have conviction. No one gives a damn. You just got to have conviction and say, this is the guy I'm going to get, and we're going, and we're going to make it work. That's true. But, again, you're not going to try to try one of those quarterbacks out at number two? No, no. How about this? You go you go get Jalen Carter, and you, and you start on the defensive side because you got a defensive coach in uh, D'Amico Ryan's. And Indianapolis doesn't have a quarterback. Tennessee, you, you're going to need to stop the, the king. You ain't got to worry about Tannehill, the number eight pick in one of those drafts we was talking about too, right? That's true. <laughs> that is true. Sitting on, sitting on what, 84, $85 million contract he got? Him and, him and Kirk Cousins? The two robbing his quarterbacks without a playoff win ever? Jesus. You're right. Unbelievable. You're right. Hey, hey, it is what it is, though, man. It just, you know, I... Uh, I I don't know what they're thinking, but 
I like Houston. I, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't take one of these quarterbacks because the Ohio State guy, give me a break. <laughs> Here's a, here. we talked about I, I'm telling you, I'm not sold on no Ohio State quarterback. I would I'd go with you on that one. That includes uh, our boy uh, Justin Fields out here in Chicago. That I'm I'm still not I'm still heavy about him too. Hey, with the on the Mendoza line, 91 sacks, and they keep blaming the offensive line. What? <laughs> Come on. Can't let the ball go, son. That's true. But then that offensive line hasn't given him a lot of time to be in a pocket to find something to develop. I understand. You watch it. You watch it every Sunday. I'll, I'll take your word on that. I'll take <laughs> wow. your word on that. Because y'all, y'all don't have any mini. Y'all don't have no no Khalil Mack for me to watch on defense. <laughs> That's true. No more. No more. But they ruined that guy too. They, he came in smashing people up and left with a busted foot. So they don't. They don't. They don't make it out of Chicago too well. Well, I'll tell you what the, the the track in Chicago, if it wasn't that artificial turf that Walter and Dent and, them, and Wilbur Marshall and them boys played on, Lemieux, Stinson, and you know Garrett Fensick and them boys, if if you know Singletary and Wilson, if it, if it ain't that, you know, if it ain't that that track they played on, which was artificial turf, hey, I've been in Chicago enough times. They done pulled enough uh, green dirt down on the ground. I'm like, what are you pouring the dirt for? <laughs> I said, oh, that's right. We're on TV today, aren't we? <laughs> when they put when they put the green dirt down on the ground. Oh my God. Oh. Unbelievable. Yes. And you could see it, and you could see it on the players' jerseys when they came back in. I was like, oh, that looks gross. I'm watching them with the bucket, put it in front of me. Yep. Yep. It's not good. That's why they that's why they want to move stadiums, buddy. That's why they want to move to another another area. So would they would they put what the 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 devilish uh, Firestone uh, <laughs> cut up tires that get a get a soccer kids cancer? <laughs> well, they're supposed to be getting a dome, so I'm hoping whatever they put in there is going to last. Let's not put the field turf. I mean, Jesus. Well, I guess if you got a dome, you ain't got to worry about getting hot enough. But I field turf is. Eh, I'm not a field turf guy either. Nah. Let me throw this one at you. It's not a football one, but the Oakland A's are the latest franchise that are supposed to be heading towards Vegas. Your old team, the Raiders, are there. What do you think? If you've ever played in the Alameda Coliseum and the the water that raises up out of the bottom like it's fucking Three River Stadium in Cincinnati back in the day, yeah, it's time for it. Let them go. But they did say that they was going to build them a stadium up in Haywood or something, didn't they? Yes. That's old. And then California's supposed to be bankrupt, right? Supposed to be. Supposed to be. Uh, Vegas Vegas is not bankrupt, apparently. They're they're trying to bring in every franchise. Oh, oh, no, 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 no. Vegas is sitting pretty solid. You don't build $5 billion casinos to go out of business. <laughs> <laughs> truth, another truth bomb by Warren Sav. Correct Amundo, sir. <laughs> and they don't build them for you to make money either, so you stop that damn gambling in them, too. No, the house always wins. Now, since you did play for the Raiders, do you have a good Al Davis story? And what was it like playing for him? The best Al Davis story ever is my first year there. <laughs> and Mr. Davis has just, you know, had his accident with his leg or whatever. God bless his soul. The great Al Davis. And I'm sitting there talking to money. McDonald or Monty, something. The, the black reporter from the Oakland, if I see his face, I'll recognize him, but Monty or one, one of them names like that. So me and him sitting there because it's after my first preseason game and I'm kind of sitting there because I'm in a daze. I've never been outside of Florida longer than two days to play a preseason game and then getting on the plane going back to Florida. And I'm in Oakland. 
you know. I'm in Oakland and I live in San Fran. So, you know, I drive across I drive across the Bay Bridge that crashed over the top of each other with the, with the 89 World Series and I drive across this pitch every day and drive back every day. So I'm like, okay, for someone who don't like heights, this is not what you're supposed to be doing every day. But hey, you know what I'm saying? You know, mama need new shoes and the babies need, you know, formula. So I got to come my ass to work. So here we go. So we, I, I forget who we playing or whatever. So, Mr. Davis is in there and Olsen from the San Francisco Chronicles in there too. So he just left me and Monty and he's walking off and Mr. Davis comes around the corner and he's got his walker. And I, I swear to you, Dan, it was like he put the emergency brakes on his fucking, uh, on this little walker. And he had, and he had like 10 inch wheels on his bitch too. I'm telling you, 10 inch <laughs> all terrain vehicle wheels on his bitch. So he could walk across the football field with it. This wasn't your regular walker now. This, this was, this was going wherever he wanted to go. That's an older, uh, that's an owner's walker. Yes. Oh, no, no. This is a billionaire's walker. Yes. <laughs> yes. So he basically almost put the emergency brake on this bitch. And he said, you son of a bitch. And me and me and the Oakland, you know, reporter turn and look. And he's talking to Olsen, you son of a bitch. And I'm looking and I look, he looked back at me. I said, oh, this ought to be good. <laughs> you know, I had Mr. Glazier for fucking, you know, eight of my nine years in Tampa. God bless his soul. You know, Mr. Glazier, you know, I, 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 I good game, Warren. <laughs> that might be the only two things I've ever heard him say to me in the, in the nine years I was there. Or oh, nice championship or something like that. You know, not many words, not a man of many words. And I'm looking at Mr. Davis, this gangster from New York that, that took on the league. You know, you know the story. The owner, the GM, the coach, the whole nine yards. Mm-hmm. You son of a bitch. And then Olsen kind of looks back at us and we look at with a smile. It's two black guys finna watch two white guys fight. So this is fucking even better. <laughs> so, so, so we, we, we done damn near pulled up a seat, pop popcorn and got a goddamn blueberry, uh, Slurpee ready to go. Like we had the movies. <laughs> Mr. Davis, you son of a bitch. You got my friends in New York thinking I'm about to die. I'd, I'd, if I was 20 years younger, I'd whoop your motherfucking ass. Dan, I almost pulled my out. And I didn't have any at the time because I had to shave by the time I went to Oakland. So I'm like, I'm like, is this real? And I mean, Mr. Davis is like moving the, the walker at him and Olsen's backing off. Look like he's about to shit himself. I, 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 I had, I've never <laughs> seen a white guy more afraid of a guy that was almost well, handicapped, basically. I mean, he's got a walker. Are wow. you fucking kidding me? I mean, th- threaten him with, I mean, bodily, I mean, death. I'd have kicked your motherfucking ass. <laughs> <laughs> I say, you know what? I come to the right place. <laughs> I say, you know what? If that's my owner, I've come to the right place. Oh my God, Mr. Davis, white, white, you know the white jumper with the with the walk, everything. I mean, he was just he was everything and a bag of chips. Oh, that old man was something special. Awesome. God bless his soul. Awesome. Great out. Oh, I'm telling you, I've I never seen nobody talk to nobody like that, and, and he meant it too. I mean, absolutely meant it. Man, I remember me and Money walking. Money Pool was his name, the the Oakland reporter. So we walking out, and I looked at him. I said, "You know, the old man was serious. 
He looked at me and said, dead ass serious, one. I said, he would have, if he could have got his hands on him, he would have whooped his ass here tonight. (laughs) (laughs) No, 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 you got to understand, Dad. I'm watching Buddy back away from him. We're on the side. We're at the 90 degree angle. I mean, right on the side, you know, (laughs) from the pitcher's mound to first base, from pitcher's mound to third base. We're right at that angle. He is backing up from Mr. Davis. Awesome. Shaking. Shaking. Awesome. I said, I love this old man. And I got another one for you. He, he, he didn't care what player it was. If he had something to say to you about the game, that walker would be right outside the shower, and he caught you going in or coming out butt-ass naked, and you and him about to have a discussion about your play this time. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> oh, I loved it. And that old man did not play no games. Boy, I love that old man. Jesus, God bless his soul. That is amazing. That is that's probably the best story I've ever heard. I've never heard anything like that before. That is awesome. Trust me, that's anybody that played with me is watching. They tell Kurt Morrison, any of them that's on TV talking that shit. Uh, our Ninja Warrior guy, uh, ninety four, uh, Ajabijabila, yeah, him too. He'll tell you. Yeah, <laughs> I've seen them have discussions with him after the game, right up against the shower. You're naked with a towel. Wow. And, standing with Walker, and we're ha- he told Bobby uh, Hamilton one time, hey, Bobby, look like they was going in the sea gap. Bobby said, what the? Bobby came around the corner. <laughs> Me and Ted was in the shower. I looked at Bobby. I said, oh, you thought he wasn't going to come up to you and say something? Bobby said, the fuck? I said, I'm going to give you a hootie hoo when I go out the shower if he's still standing there. So, you know, we in the shower for, for a good little while. You know, you're trying to wake the old man out. So I, I said, I'm going to go check Ted because, you know, Ted and Bobby played in New England, so they're going to have a longer conversation than me. So, and they played 3-4, and I'm a 4-3 guy. So I come out the shower, and I look, I say, who the who? <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Davis is at the door, and he ain't moved, and we've been in the shower for a bit. But that shit was classic, classic. That is unbelievable. Oh, oh, I love that, man. <laughs> Now here's a, here's a, another off-topic one for you. House Republicans are passing the first of its kind federal legislation on Thursday to ban transgender athletes from competing on school sports teams with women and girls. They don't want transgenders to compete in women's sports at schools. What do you think of that? Is this Kevin McCarthy's house? It is. I want to fuck with the debt ceiling and all this other shit. And then Marjorie Taylor Greene calls somebody a liar as they sit there. The DHS guy that's sitting there giving testimony about how we protect kids and shit. That's him. Fuck Congress. <laughs> <laughs> That's simple. I mean, fuck Congress. Come on, man. We we don't let we don't let a hundred and nine plus fucking election deniers in Congress. The fuck did we think was going to happen? That's true. That's true. What, what do you make of that? Should the transgenders should they be competing in women's sports? I've you know what never involved myself in someone identity of themselves or whatever, but I'm sure we have some kind of way that just like Title IX gave the girls the stage that they're on, right. there's some kind of stage that we can find. Just like we have the handicap in the Special Olympics, there, there's a stage. I agree. We have enough sports and enough, we have enough sports and enough people and damn sure enough damn arenas around this damn country, great country that we have that we built for, for sports and bullshit. They're giving them the place to where they can go compete. I agree. Let, them, let them have their own league. I agree with you. 
You can't tell me that. So that's you know, because I didn't agree with the 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 guy that went to the swimming and beat the girls. Because I used to swim back in junior high school. I'm that I'm that old. I went to junior high school. It wasn't middle school. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I didn't agree with that. I'm like, come on, man. I know your feet big as hell. <laughs> yes, like a duck, yeah, like a on. duck. Yeah, they're like webbed. <laughs> There's some shit we ain't even got to talk about that we already know to be at the wrong competition. Come on, <laughs> just come on, stop, stop, stop. Call it Title Nine and a half. Shit, they got their own sports. Hey, <laughs> that's, that's that's generous. That's generous. Go identify, go compete, and go win. Nine and a half. Nine and a half is a generous for a, a white athlete. Good for you. Good for no, you. That's generous. You know, I was saying. Nine title nine and a half. Yeah, you see what I'm saying? I said you're generous. You're generous to give that to the white guy. That, that's impressive. Oh, no, Dan, you're not listening. Title nine was the title of the one that gave the women their whole equal rights in sports and everything. Title nine. You oh know no, that? no, I know. I'm just saying. I, I was doing a double entendre, saying nine and a half is is a good inch for a white guy. <laughs> Why are white guys always talk about dicks and dogs? There's <laughs> <laughs> no fascination with dicks and dogs. Hey, there's only so much time you can talk about either. All right. So before right. we before we wrap this guy up, I'm gonna give Warren Sapp two game balls to give out. Who do you want to give one Whoa. to? Why does it got to be a gay ball? Why can't it be a heterosexual, you know, nice? No, 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 not a, not, not a gay ball, a game ball. Game ball, okay. Oh, jeez. It's not that kind of podcast. I'm giving you a game ball to give out because it's a football. You started off, you started off I was adorable and likable and <laughs> want to cuddle and shit. <laughs> hey, I, I still, I still, I still like you. I, I'm still, I still want to cuddle. I still, I still like you too. Just make, just make sure it's a cold night, so it's worth it. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. We give it, we giving game balls out. I want to give a game ball out to Bryce Young because when you're a five ten quarterback approaching a draft that's used to the six foot five Peyton Manning, you know, prototype that we've all grown accustomed to all those years. It's really tough to, you know, show up at the combine looking at, you know, six foot five Stroud and, you know, six foot five Anthony, you know, Richardson who's jumping out of the gym and jumping the broad jump, jumping across the Delaware River with with a single bound. You know, I I, I understand, son. Just stay steady and, you know, do the things that you need to do. And one more is the defensive end from Texas Tech. Tell me his name because I am drawing a blank. Is that what's that kid? Kyler Tyree Wilson, the DN. Tyree Wilson, yes. Vegas odds have him plus 350 to go the number two pick in the draft. And I had never heard of his damn name. (laughs) Well, there you go, man. Like you said, it's all it's all gamble. Because Will Levitt done fell into this thing now. That's true. I was like. Huh? I said that's true. That's true, right? But I, but I, but I like, I like, I like Mr. Wilson because I get three fifty. <laughs> <laughs> he he get a game ball. He get a game ball on the gambling on the gambling side at three fifty for the second pick. That ain't, that ain't a bad bet right there. Cause nah. if his name just popped out of the blue like that, him and him and Will Levitt. But Will Levitt, as we see, Houston ain't going for that. Houston like, oh y'all trying to sell us a, a bag of shit. No thanks. <laughs> 
He's Warren Sapp. My name is Dan Levy. This has been the Deep Voice Podcast, where we don't really care, and we just want to hear Warren Sapp spit it from the spit it from the gums, my friend. I appreciate you coming back on, and let's do it again next week. We ain't going nowhere, baby. We just getting started. <laughs> All right, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs>